This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How's that? Uh, Try that again. How's that, Paul? That's much better. Okay, I'm recording now. Okay. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, Loose Ends, the weekly spin-off podcast for Loose Units, the podcast. I said podcast a lot just now. I'm Paul Verhoeven. My dad, John Verhoeven, is sitting across from me. Dad, I'm not sure if you felt this, but you're over in Sydney. Did you feel the earthquake that we had in Melbourne? Um, no, but I did feel the extreme anxiety when Tegan yeah, called Yeah, well, because we, we were in the bathroom at the time, and I'm mm. not sure how many of our listeners are in uh, Victoria and how many are not, but basically there was a earthquake originating several hours to the north and i've forgotten the name mansfield that's where it originated and it was around a 6.0 i think in terms of magnitude which is like not insignificant Mm. and we were in the bathroom and the entire apartment started to just rock back and forth basically stuff fell off shelves we had to kind of run out of the bathroom and hold i mean it was dad it was it was crazy and the first thing i did was get in touch with my uh my sensei because she's from tokyo she grew up in tokyo and she was telling me that in school over there, you get given these hats, which are basically like, it's like inflatable. It's sort of like a, um, it's like an inflatable mattress that wraps around your head to stop debris falling on you. So hmm. it's probably um, yeah. also um, for when you're crushed by the apartments yeah. above you, you're for the ease of identification, your brain matter and head and skull will be kept in one nice little neat area. That's kind of putting a little. I mean, do you have to blow the cap up, or is it already well, blown up? I actually, that's that's a good point. As the buildings, yeah, as the buildings collapse around you, you're running around looking to like a blow up a duck. Yeah, I mean that's well, bizarre. it's like a pool toy that you kind of wrap around your head, and then you, as the as the masonry is mm. crumbling, you're like just frantically. I mean, one of the things I always marvelled at on flights, right, on planes, is that they give you an, a life jacket that you would then have to blow into to inflate yourself, right? Mm. That's crazy. Just mm. pull a toggle, have it... I don't know. But, Paul, yeah. when you're in a plane... I mean, I am, I'm very, very um, attentive watching the... You know, they do that sort of oh, the safety thing. at the beginning. Yeah. And I'm really actually listening. And I, what infuriates me on planes is people that just 
blatantly kind of don't even acknowledge oh, right. that it's happening. Yeah. And a kind of a tiny part of me, a weird tiny, tiny part of me, <clears throat> almost hopes that we do have a crash. And then they'll be thinking to themselves, golly, I wish I'd actually listened and watched. And it's so dis- it's so sad. I look at the faces on the the staff if from a distant memory when we did fly um and i kind of you know and even people that sit in emergency seats which is very responsible isn't it that's a serious role yeah would you agree and some of those people just zone out and the the staff actually have to come and tap them on the shoulder and say you know you're sitting in a really special because you know you get that special uh you know chat just yeah. the people in those rows. So, <clears throat> yes, and, I, and what I thought was really sweet and lovely was that Tegan called me, I assume, pretty well I was the first person she called. I think so, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure... Yeah, and I was, I was totally flabbergasted. Um, mm. And it's an honour and a privilege, and thank you very much, Tegan, for thinking that I would be able to offer this sort of uh, incredible advice uh, I think I gave some fairly good advice. What did you tell her? Because I don't know. I said to go into the main sort of hallway area because you you didn't know it was an earthquake. It could have been an explosion or something. Our actual thought was, because we just bought this place, my thought was, okay, finally got a house and now, of all times, some construction worker has knocked some load-bearing beam down in the parking mm. lot and the whole building's going to collapse. That was my mm. thought. Weirdly, when Tegan started going, oh, shit, it's an earthquake, I was slightly comforted in that at least at least I knew it wasn't just some vengeful god, mm. you know, going after us alone. Yes, but imagine, Paul, if the two of you had have sort of looked out your balcony mm. onto... Imagine if you'd seen your local railway station just gone like fallen to a sinkhole and imagine if all the tracks were all buckled and there had been a train on top of another building oh messed up because around the corner from us is uh or quite close to us is a place called betty's burgers or rather was a place called betty's burgers which i mean there was some sort of problem with one of the walls and if you look it up online you'll see that this place pretty much collapsed I mean, it just, like, the side of this building collapsed. And then there's a side street that Tegan and I walked down to go to shopping. And we were heading down there to kind of just see what was happening on Chapel Street. And uh, it was covered in masonry. This three-story building next to it was very old and had basically the side of the wall had collapsed. And if we'd been walking there at that point, we would have been screwed. So, mm, mm. scary. Also, yeah. yeah, but also what I did, which I thought was pretty good, mm. um, was that... While I was talking to Tegan, I went into a site that had real-time earthquake information. Mm-hmm. Like, we're talking real-time. And guess what? What? It said nothing. And I said to Tegan, no, t- no, I'm sorry, it's not an earthquake. There's been nothing, no seismic activity in the last 24 hours. And I was completely wrong. But mm-hmm. I, did, I, I did make an effort. I just want you to know that, Paul, because when you <laughs> called me back, you were slightly odd, I thought, um, thinking what? that I hadn't done it you know but i was wrong and i and i yeah, no i, I just was only going on I, the I just thought we were being yeah i thought we were being gaslit a little bit i was like um no, i'm pretty sure it was an earthquake i mm. mean they were, they were, we were walking around everyone was in a state of shock i mean it's crazy chapel street got hit pretty hard i know there was an earthquake back in 1989 in i think was it gosford about a couple of buildings collapsed 12 people died i think mm. and i was talking to mum yesterday after the earthquake happened and she said that that's the year that there was an earthquake at the schoolhouse 
where we were um, living at that point. Is that true? Mm, I'm not sure. I don't recall. But it's funny that it happened. Not funny, but it's kind of a bit surreal that it happened on a pretty tumultuous day in Melbourne in the CBD with all the uh, no. all the shenanigans going on, which is kind of disappointing. And I'm a little bit sad about that. Fuck um, it. It's just, you know, pretty, pretty weird, weird times. Um, but, dearest Paul. Yes. And listeners. Now, you know how kind of slightly odd things happen? Well, to me, I think is fair to say. So, if I can just set the picture, bearing in mind, Paul, you don't know what I'm about to talk about, which mm-hmm. is always gets your little freckle oscillating slightly. Um, but I'm sitting on the lounge this morning and I've got 24,000 photographs that I've taken. You ready for this? Yep. I'm, I'm almost forensically examining one particular photograph. Hand on heart, this is dead set what I'm about to tell you. So this is a photograph of the Sydney Harbour Bridge that I took a few days ago. I took quite a few shots because when I was a young boy and a, and a super thrill seeker, I used to occasionally climb the Harbour Bridge from the roadway. Did you know that? No. Mm. And I did it with a friend of mine and it was so dangerous. It was so scary. I remember one night we did it and there was a storm that was pissing down. And I remember my jacket was blowing in the wind and I literally had a leg either side. So I was straddling a beam and I was sort of crossing it and I could look down into the into the glistening water. I mean, it was just, it was quite foolhardy, but I did quite enjoy myself. Crazy, yeah. Obviously, I survived. So Christine, we walked underneath the Harbour Ridge on the weekend. Christine says, John, why don't you take a photograph of that particular part on the bridge that you used to climb Mm -hmm. and we thought we could perhaps share that sometime so i'm sitting there this morning examining this photograph and then christine gives me the name of this person and she says have you ever heard of this guy and i said no and i read a bit of a spiel and then i thought you know what in these troubling times i thought it would be wonderful to share with the listeners an extraordinary story and you're going to see how it all ties together with the Harbour Bridge shortly. Okay. But Paul, can I just say to you, have you ever heard of a, a guy called Lenny Gwytha? No. Never. And nor no. had I. I've never, ever, ever heard of Lenny Gwytha. And at this point, I'm thinking, how many of the listeners will have heard of him? So may I please enlighten you? Absolutely. Thank you. <clears throat> Lenny Gwytha was born on the 18th of April, 1922. He was an Australian figure of significance due to his 1932 solo horseback journey as a nine-year-old boy from Leongatha, Victoria, to Sydney, New South Wales. He was accompanied by his horse, Ginger Mick. Gwytha undertook a 1,000-kilometre, that 620-mile journey, to watch the opening Get ready for this, of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Right. He was born in Leongatha in April 1922 to his parents. Uh, the, the dad was a captain. On his second birthday, get ready for this, listeners, he was given a chestnut pony. Imagine giving a two-year-old a pony, and the pony was called Ginger Mick, who shared his birthday. When Lenny was nine, his father broke his leg while working on the farm. 
So while the dad was in hospital, Lenny took over the entire responsibilities of the farm. Paul, he's nine. He ploughed 24 fields. He worked day and night. He's a nine-year-old, him and his little horse. And when the dad came back from hospital, the parents wanted to come up with a sort of some sort of reward for his work. And Lenny, as a nine-year-old, asked to attend the opening of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewellery from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. He had a serious interest in engineering and construction of bridges. So his mother, Clara Gwytha, was unsure of this arrangement, but due to the fulfilment of his duties, communication with those in Sydney, and a map Lenny and his father created, the mum allowed Lenny to go. So on the 3rd of February 1932, Lenny and Ginger left Leon Gartha, or Leon Gatha on the expedition. Can you imagine, it's the depression, you're saying goodbye to your nine-year-old son who's going to ride a thousand kilometres by himself on a horse? Is this incredible? Mm. And he carried in his haversack his toothbrush, silk pyjamas, spare clothes and a water bottle. Now his journey was widely publicised in the media, particularly the newspapers, Frequent updates regarding his whereabouts led Lenny to encounter experiences that were unprecedented on his departure. For example, outside Parliament House in Canberra, he met up with Prime Minister Joseph Lyons and was asked to go into Parliament House and have afternoon tea with the Prime Minister. On the horse or on foot? Not sure. Great question. Other instances included he was attacked by vagabonds 
He was met with a huge bushfire. He kept going. And then in Sydney, he met the Lord Mayor, Sir Samuel Walder, while also looking at Circular Quay, Bondi Beach and Taronga Zoo, where he rode an elephant, something that I didn't get to do when I was a little boy, which is very sad. It's another story. So he arrives in Martin Place accompanied by 25 police. This is this nine-year-old with 10,000 cheering citizens. The Secretary of the Royal Agricultural Society, Colonel Somerville, also greeted him. He was wearing khaki breeches, boots and leggings and a thick coat and was carrying a cloth sun hat in his hand. Then, get ready for this, on the 19th of March 1932, Gwytha with Ginger Mick participated in the Royal Easter Show and paraded across the Sydney Harbour Bridge at its opening. Huh. And then, get ready for this, he goes to the Sydney Cricket Ground, he's still a nine-year-old, he's had all this happen, and he meets Don Bradman, and Don Bradman presents him with a signed cricket bat. Is this, can you believe it, Paul? It's crazy. It's an insane story, it's a beautiful story, it's a positive story, and... I just, I wanted to share that with you and the listeners because um, it's a feel-good story. So, you, right, so was there some sort of dedication to him on the bridge that you saw or something? Or <clears throat> No, no, I was just looking at studying the actual bridge. Right, 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 okay, okay. Looking at photos of the Sydney Harbour Bridge, Christine walks over, hands me this little bit of information. I did a bit more research. Mm-hmm. Now, in this town <laughs> is a bronze statue of... Of him and his uh, and his horse. Yep. Okay. And don't you just think that that's kind of a particularly? I think it's a great story. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, I find it interesting that I mean the, the bridge is a really it's a really odd place. I don't know how many listeners have been to the Harbour Bridge or climbed the Harbour Bridge. I remember one of the things you told me growing up a lot was that Paul Hogan worked on the restoration of the bridge. Is that correct? Mm. Yeah, he was a um, he, he yeah he just worked as a rigger. So he was sort of working because that, that, that bridge is continually maintained. In fact, yet I look at the bridge sometimes from various locations and you can see bits of it sort of flaking away. You can see rust. And I'm thinking to myself, is it possible for this structure to collapse? To la- well, it just seems weird. I mean, you know, it's already been up since the 19, early 1930s, mm-hmm. which means... We're talking, it's it's getting close to 100 years. Here's a question for you, Dad. How do you think the bridge would fare during an earthquake? Mm. I mean, like a like a decent-sized earthquake happening. Because well, yeah. I think mm. we got, yeah, we obviously got like a diminished aftershock kind of, you know, like a, you know, we didn't cop the full blow of the thing in Melbourne, but I would be really curious to see if the Sydney Harbour Bridge, which, as you said, is a very old structure and a very big mm. structure, could mm. actually withstand that kind of thing. Well, one would hope it could, but you've seen that famous footage of the bridge in, I think it's in America somewhere, where it's sort of literally, have you seen that famous footage where it's just, it's it's throwing people around like some sort of demonic novelty ride at Luna Park. Mm. It's just thrashing and twisting and curving. They are, of course, they're designed yeah. to, to be able to sort of, you know, move. But look, something else I was thinking, Paul, is that, you know, you and Tegan in your building, you you need to go and I think the body corporate really need to get together and, and at least get an engineer to come out and inspect the building. Yeah. Because, you know, you've really got to be careful that because there could be things that have happened that you you just can't see mm. and you've got to make sure the integrity is sort of, you know, sound. But I have never experienced I just can't imagine what an earthquake is actually like. I mean, 
I don't understand how things can move around and not everything fall. just doesn't crack. <laughs> well, yeah, the thing is we had... Okay, so Tegan's mum was driving along uh, a country road a couple of months back in her like four-wheel drive, a fairly new one. And the she passed another vehicle and the skylight exploded and she had to pull it. Like it just it shattered and exploded. Now, nothing touched the vehicle, but what we think happened and what the what people have since explained probably happened was that the air pressure between the two vehicles heading at that speed basically gently squeezed the chassis of the car and then popped the window. That's, right? that's incredible. That's, 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 I've never, ever heard of that happening. But by that rationale, I was sitting there and because our glass kind of partition, you know, the door is, it's glass, right? Mm. So... If the walls are moving and swaying that much, how did the same thing not happen? How do windows not explode in in their frames mm. when buildings move that much? And maybe they do. I mean, maybe in a, in a proper, full blown earthquake where things are because don't get me wrong, we it was pretty scary, but it was not. I mean. I can imagine how bad the real thing is. I know that in Tokyo, and I learned this from my sensei the other day, that um, yesterday, that basically in Tokyo, every building is, I think, earthquake-proofed up to eight, a magnitude of eight, mm. including the old buildings, including old temples and stuff. So basically, mm. but in Australia, we have two problems with our buildings. We, they're not insulated for uh, temperature variations properly. So mm-hmm. if you go to Europe and it's freezing cold, you're not cold indoors because every building is insulated because they've gone, mm. well, we need to kind of factor in these things. And we also don't earthquake-proof any of our buildings. So I had a German classmate in, in my class who was sitting here going, first of all, you don't insulate your buildings. And then I have my teacher going, all right, well, you know, none of the buildings are earthquake-proof. If the temperatures change aggressively and we start getting more fault-line activity, we're screwed here. Like, we don't have any protection against it. Hmm. I guess also you and Tegan always from now on and everyone should always have a, a plan mm. where you actually um, you know, decide if it happens again what you're going to do. Are you going to stay in your apartment or are you going to go out? But you, if you run out, you've got to be really careful. You've got to stay well away from buildings because mm. if a whole wall falls, well, it's got a very, very big reach. So, golly, I... What to do? Hmm. Um, you know all your really beautiful Lego figures <laughs> and all your... Did any of those fall over? No. The only thing that fell over was a Japanese vase that you gave us. Um, a very, very old Japanese vase. But it's... What's it made of? It's made of steel, iron. It's made of... Bronze. It's bronze, sorry. Yeah, so it's bronze. <clears throat> so it basically, it took a chunk out of our floorboards, but it's completely intact. So. Well, oh, I'm sorry about that. That's no, fine. Um, have you had any aftershocks? No, but apparently there's going to be some potentially over the coming days. So Mm. I think we're going to try and stay pretty central. And because the TV was wobbling and almost fell over, we got a big flat screen thing that was kind of teetering. So we had to run and grab that. So hopefully there's no. It's pretty scary. And oh my god, I really hope there's no more, no more earthquakes. Because you know what? It's like a bingo card of weird, horrible stuff that's been happening over the past few years, Mm. especially Mm. this year. And. I um I we go to our local laundry. We ha- we have a, a a really good laundry here, but we don't use it because they've opened up this crazy laundrette mm. um, very close by, and it's just it's it's almost like a religious experience going there. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I, I walked up with with I reckon, golly, at least twenty kilos of washing, mm-hmm. all the sheets and things, and walking up. 
it's a glorious day in Sydney. It's sunny. It's just, it's perfect. But everyone's wearing masks. And even though I get the mask thing, occasionally it seems quite surreal. And sometimes, like last week, I'm not sure whether I mentioned I got out of the car and went to the hardware store. Did I tell you? And I forgot my mask. Yes, you did mention that. And I didn't yeah. know about it. And, and, you start, and you're thinking, hang on a sec, why is everyone staring at me? And it's just... We, we have a person in our neighbourhood um, who's just sold his... Um, enti- he owned the entire building. We're talking... It's, you can't imagine. Mm-hmm. He's, he's so rich, this guy. He refuses to wear a mask completely yeah we've noticed a lot of people with let's just say a little more wealth a kind of wandering around not really giving a shit no it's this guy he's just you know i just find it um i i I find it disappointing and um because the thing is that we're all in this Mm. and i just uh i despair um but i yeah yeah, it's, it's tough. Yep. Um, well, yeah, like despair is a completely natural reaction. But like I said, the bingo card of 2021, I think, is pretty much tapped out, f- knock on wood. So hopefully the year kind of <laughs> takes a goddamn chill pill. And hopefully all of you are doing okay. And we hope you're all looking forward to the end of this season of Loose Units, which is, you know, uh, just around the corner. So make sure you get ready for that. And we hope you all have a good weekend. If you watch the AFL, hope you enjoy the grand final this weekend. We are back in Melbourne. Um, I don't know if any of you are AFL supporters. Of course you are. There's a lot of people out there really excited about having this, um, having a night grand final, I think. It's weird. This year's sport has become the one thing that kind of got me through. So I'm looking forward to it. But anyway, enough waffling from me and Dad. We hope you have a really great weekend. And we can't wait to see you first thing next week for more Loose Units. Have a good one, everyone. Bye. Cheerio. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.